Dance of Thieves, Mary E. Pearson. Chapter 1. Kazimaira grimaced. The ghosts are still here. The words lingered in the air, each one a shimmering spirit, cold whispers of caution. But I wasn't afraid. I already knew. The ghosts, they never go away. They call you in unexpected moments. Their hands lacing with yours and pulling you down paths that lead nowhere. This way, I had learned to mostly shut them out. We rode through Centennial Valley, ruins of ancients looking down upon us. My horse's ears pricked, watchful, a rumble deep from his throat. He knew too. I rubbed his neck to calm him. It had been six years since the great battle, but the scars were still visible, overturned wagons eaten up with grass, scattered bones dug from graves by hungry beasts, the skeletal ribs of giant brezolots reaching skyward, birds perched on their elegant bleached cages. I felt the ghosts hovering, watching, wondering. One of them slid a cool fingertip along my jaw, pressing a warning to my lips. Shh, Kazi, don't say a word. Natalia led us deeper into the valley, unafraid. Our gazes scanned the rugged cliffs and crumbling devastation of war that was slowly being consumed by the earth, time, and memory, like the awkward swallowing of a fat hare by a patient snake. Soon, all the deconstruction would be in the belly of the earth. Who would remember? Midway, as the valley narrowed, Natalia stopped and slipped from her saddle, pulling a folded square of white cloth from her saddlebag. Ren dismounted too, her thin limbs got gliding to the ground as silently as a bird. Snow hesitated, watching me uncertainly. She was the strongest of us all, but her round hips remained firmly planted in her saddle. She did not care for the talk of ghosts, even in the brightness of the high sun. They frequented her dreams too. I nodded to reassure her. We both slid from their horses and joined them. Natalia paused a large green mound as if she knew what lay what lie beneath the woven blanket of grass. She absently rubbed the fabric between her delicate brown fingers. It was only for a few seconds, but it seemed to last forever. Natalia was 19, only two years older than us, but she suddenly looked much older. She had seen things that we had only heard stories about. Her head shook slightly, and she walked towards a scattered pile of rocks. She began picking up the fallen stones and puzzling them back into place on the humble memorial. Who was it? I asked. Her lips rolled tight against her teeth. His name was Jeb. His body was burned on a funeral pyre because that's the, Dalbr that's the Dalbrech way. But I buried his few belongings here because that's the Vagabond way, I thought, but said nothing. Natalia didn't talk much about her life because she became a Venden and a Ratan. But I didn't talk about my life, my earlier life either. Some things were better left in the past. Ren and Snow shifted uncomfortably on their feet, their boots pressing the grass, small, flat circles. Natalia was, wasn't prone to any sentimental displays, even if they were quiet ones, like this. Especially if they delayed her well-planned schedule. But now lingered. But now she lingered. Just like her words that she had ushered us into the valley. They're still here. He was special? I asked. She nodded. They all were, but Jeb taught me things. Things that helped me survive. She turned, giving us a sharp glance. Things I have taught all of you, hopefully. 
Her scrutiny softened, and her thick black lashes cast a shadow beneath her dark eyes. She studied the three of us as if she were a seasoned general and we were just ragtag soldiers. Some ways, I suppose we were. We were the youngest of the rattan, but we were rattan. That meant something. It meant a lot. We were the Queen's premier guard. We didn't rise to these positions because we were bumbling fools. Not most of the time, anyways. We had training and talents. Natalia's gaze rested on me the longest. I was lead on this mission. I was responsible for making not just the right decisions, but the perfect ones. Not only, not meant only to achieving success, but keeping everyone safe too. We'll be fine, I promised. Fine, Ren agreed, impatiently blowing a dark curl from her forehead. She wanted to be on her way. The anticipation was wearing on all of us. Snow anxiously twisted one of her long persimmon braids between her fingers. Perfectly fine. We're, I know, Natalia said, putting a hand on top of Snow from embarking a long explanation. Fine. Just remember, spend spend some time at the settlement first. Hell's mouth comes after. Only ask questions. Gather information. Get what supplies you need. Keep a low profile until we get there. Ren snorted. A low pro- profile was certainly one of my specialties, but not this time. Getting into trouble was my goal for a change. Galloping broke the tense exchange. Natalia! We turned toward Ethan, his horse kicking up soft clods of grass. Snow's eyes brightened like the sun had just winked at her from behind a cloud. He circled around, his eyes fixed on only Natalia. Grizz is grumbling, he wants to leave. Coming, she answered, then shook out the square of fabric she was holding. It was a shirt, a, han- a very handsome shirt. She touched the soft fabric to her cheek, then laid it over the rock memorial. Grav's linen jeb, she whispered, the finest. He reached the mouth of the valley, and Natalia stopped and looked back one last time. Remember this, she said. Twenty thousand. That's how many died here in a single day. Fendins, Morgis, and Dalbridge. I didn't know them all, but someone did. Someone who would bring a meadow flowers to return them if they could. Or a Krugus linen shirt. Now I knew why Natalia had brought us here. This was by the Queen's order. Look, take a good long look and remember the lives lost. Real people that someone loved. Before you go about the task I had given you, see the devastation and remember what they did. What could happen again? No one is at stake. Dragons eventually wake and crawl from their dark dens. I had seen the urgency in the Queen's eyes. I had heard it in her voice. This wasn't the only this wasn't only about the past. She feared the future, something brewing, and she was desperate to stop it. I surveyed the valley from a distance. The bones and wagons blended into a calm sea of green, hiding the truth. Nothing was quite what it seemed. Grizz grumbling to break camp was nothing new. He liked to make camp early and leave early, sometimes even when it was still dark, as if it were some sort of victory over the sun. His horse was already packed when we returned, and the campfire doused. He watched impatiently as the rest of us buckled up bedrolls and bags. An hour's ride from here, we could go our separate ways. Grizz was headed to the to Civica in the Morgan. 
The queen had news that she wanted to share with her brother, the king, and she trusted no one else to deliver it, not even the Valspray that she used for other messages. Valspray could be attacked by other birds or shot down when messages intercepted, whereas nothing could stop Grizz, except, perhaps, a quick side trip to the Terravan, which was probably why he was in such a hurry. Snow liked to tease that he had a sweetheart there. It always made him explode in denial. Grizz was an old-school Rattan, but Rattan was not the elite. Rule bounded ten it once was. There were twenty of us now. A lot of things has changed since the queen came to power, including me. When I began folding my tent, Grizz came and stood over my shoulder and watched. I was the only one who used the tent. It was small. It didn't take up much room. He had balked the first time he seen me use one on a mission to the southern province. We don't use tents, he said with utter distaste. I remember the shame I felt. In the weeks that followed, I turned that humiliation to determination. Weakness made you a target, and I had promised myself long ago I would never be a target again. I buried my shame deep beneath carefully crafted armor. Insults couldn't penetrate it. Grizz's brooding stature cast a mountains of shadows over me. Doesn't my folding technique meet with your approval? He said nothing. I turned and looked at him. What is it, Grizz? I snapped. He rubbed his bristled chin. There's a lot of open territory between here and Hell's Mouth. Empty, flat territory. Your point? You'll be all right? I stood, shoving my folded tent to his belly. He took it from me. I've got this, Grizz. Relax. His head bobbed in a hesitant nod. The real question is, I added, long and drawn out for the effect. Do you? He eyed me, his brow furrowed in a question, and then he scowled, reaching for his side. I smiled and held a short dagger out to him. The scowl was turned into a reluctant grin, and he placed the dagger in its empty sheath. His bushy brows lifted, and he took his head in approval and he shook his head in approval. Stay down when ten. Ten. My hard won nickname. It was his acknowledgement of confidence. I wiggled my fingertips in appreciation. No one, especially not Grizz, would ever forget how I earned it. You mean upwind, don't you? Eben called. I glared at Eben, and no one, especially not Eben, would ever forget that my life as a Rotan began the day I spat in the queen's face. Hi. Okay, that's the end of chapter one. I'll be uploading chapter two soon. I just wanted to say thank you for whoever decided to like come and read with me. Um, this is my first time doing this, and I am very happy to continue doing so. So thank you. Good night.